listening to Influential Barbecue, the podcast where we talk to influencers in the barbecue industry to uncover how they've cultivated huge followings, unique income sources, and sponsorship possibilities from a love of cooking outdoors. If you want to turn your passion for food and fire into a world of opportunities, you're in the right place. And now your host, Jordan Moore. Welcome back to another episode of Influential Barbecue. This episode is going to be great for all of those who have thought about or are thinking about doing your own sort of spice blend business. I sit down and I chat with Joel and Stacy of Reload Rubs and That Reload Podcast, and they are just such down-to-earth people, super cool to chat with, and so full of knowledge in this field. So just enjoy this episode, learn everything you can, and make sure you go give Reload Rub and That Reload Podcast a follow on your preferred social media networks. And with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Influential Barbecue. This week, I've brought out the heavy artillery. I've got Joel and Stacy of Reload Rubs here with me today. Thank you guys both so much for joining me today. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. It's nice to have another podcaster on here again because the flow is just so much more natural than, you know, some people aren't as technologically advanced. You guys have your microphones. You got the system set up with beautiful light behind you with your logo. It's amazing. Thank you. We're We're a special breed, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyone not familiar with you or your company, can you just give us a bit of a, an overview of who you are and what you guys are all about? Yeah, I mean, so our company is Reload Rub and Seasoning. Uh, we're, you know, a, a tactical based company, but, you know, our seasoning company, our kind of our mantra is that we want to give back. And we use that word reload in that context where... Kind of interchangeably. Me and Stacy are just two people that want to you know put god first and give back through this company which is to try to help people to learn how to you know one capture what it is that reloads them whether that's hiking or hunting or fishing or mountain climbing or knitting a sweater who gives a crap if it fills you up you know figure out what that is and do that and two to kind of reload back into the family lifestyle of sitting around a dinner table and breaking bread together Yeah. So we've started out, um, we started out in 2017. We're approaching our five-year anniversary, uh, started out with one seasoning and now we have seven, um, with more things down the pipeline. So that's about, that's where we're at right now. That's incredible. I'd love, you know, giving back in general is kind of where barbecue truly stems from too. So the fact that you're really building that into the brand, giving back and just having everyone kind of get back to who they are and what they truly believe in through barbecue is I think probably the best homage you can pay to it. Amen. So how, like, it's the question I ask everybody, but how did you guys get into barbecue? (laughs) (laughs) You mean, so, so I don't even know, like, so (laughs) barbecue, I would say reload actually got us into barbecue per se, but we started out our company more as Joel comes from a hunting background. Uh, I, I do not come from a hunting background. So whenever we decided to get married, he cooked a lot of wild game. And I felt like there was a stigma behind cooking wild game. I was good at it, baby. Yeah, he's yeah. so good at it. There was a stigma behind cooking wild game where it's gamey or doesn't taste good. And long story short, through cooking more wild games and stuff, created our own rub. That's it, ma'am. That was more for like... <laughs> 
cooking style and then having this company and working with influencers and then just it just being in the community has really gotten us into actual barbecue. So I would say the company got us there. <laughs> it did. It did at 100%. You know, when we when we launched our first blend fully loaded, when we started this company, we were both full-time. Stacy, well at the, at the time was a full-time RN and uh, I'm a full-time steel guy. And we were sitting here looking at each other. Do we want to do this? We want to go down that path of starting this company because we didn't need to. Prior to starting the company, I was kind of an online ambassador. I went by, I'm the artist formerly known as the home cooking hunter. <laughs> so, you know, when we, when me and her were, were dating and all that, it's, and I, and I served her venison cooked properly for the first time. You know, she really pushed me saying, you've got to do something with this. You have to show people that there's more to this than just, you know, smothering everything in gravy and frying it. Not yeah, that, like share your recipes. Yeah, but not that I don't like fried food or things smothered in gravy <laughs> now, but I'm just, you know, there's there was more to it. And from that, you know, when she talks about we started our first blend, we were sitting in the uh, the living room and she goes, let's, let's make a, let's make a blend. So we, and I didn't just for cooking purposes, I didn't want to, because bro, I was killing it in the social media game at the time, like yeah, for, for when it, like Instagram first started mm-hmm. and people were sending me stuff left and right. So we had cabinets full of all kinds of different spices and I never, had, I've never in my life had intentions to have my own rub company. You know, I've always had a passion for food and cooking and serving others, but to, 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 to sell your own spices, I, I just never was there, but. We got in the kitchen and we poured stuff in bowls and we were drinking beers and, you know, uh, having a great time with each other. And mm, that's good. Oh, let's put a little more of this, a little more of that. And, you know, and uh, finally, like, that, that's good. Let, let's do that. And, and, and still, it wasn't, I want to sell this. We were giving it out to friends and family. And, you know, her parents would go up to the Amish country and we would bring back just bulk seasonings, bulk Amish spices, man. And so we're bottling this stuff. And we just couldn't keep up. And we had a few downfall moments that mm-hmm. led to us to actually becoming a company that, um, so through, I, I was on a hunting show and my segment was a cooking segment and I had a seasoning company sponsor that segment with me and we developed a great working relationship. It was, it was great. And this kind of kicked us in the butt to say, we can do this better. We, uh, at one point he approached me about investing into his company and we prayed about it and we did it and then got burned. He stole our money, stole our money. Oh. And yeah. yeah, and it was a good chunk of, of, of change, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough to where we're like, we're not going to just go fight over court over this for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. An annoying amount. Yeah. We let it go, but it, it, it did. It kicked us in the butt to say, we had all these goals and saying, we're going to, we're going to change this dude's company. You know, we're going to do And then when that didn't happen, we're like, well, what do we do with all these ideas? And we had a buddy of ours who owned a jerky company and sorry if I'm going down a rabbit hole, but no, I love it. He, he owned a jerky company and I sent him or Stacy sent him a sample of our stuff. And at the time it was called HCH home cooking hunter redneck rub. And we, we just wrote it in Sharpie on the little jar we sent out, yeah, but, I love it. but he got it and he, and he called us and goes, he goes, did you make this? And I said, yeah. And he said, this is the best seasoning I've ever, I've ever tasted. He said, I've been looking for one that has this level of savoriness that I can't find in anything else. He goes, how much MSG are you putting in there? I'm like, none. <laughs> and he's like, and he's, he goes, I can't believe there's not MSG in this. So anyways, rounding it out, he goes, if you don't sell this, he goes, you're stupid. 
He goes, I will buy the recipe from you if you don't sell this. And we looked at each other and we, and we again, we prayed about it, bro. And here we are now sitting on Reload Rub and Seasonings. We launched Fully Loaded, one singular flavor. And I'm telling you, it was beautiful because the relationships that I had formed up to that point with all these people online, being an ambassador and, and the, in the hunting community and the outdoors community and all these people that I have developed these beautiful relationships with, they immediately were, we got to support them. We got to mm-hmm. jump on that train. So, I mean, we were like off the rip. We already had a, a good foothold in getting our name out there, you know, from that. But that's how we were born, bro, is one flavor. That's a great story because it's just, you know, we tried something. It didn't work. And then what's more impressive is you guys were slamming back beers. And the next morning, you still liked your blend. Hey, man. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that's right. And we had to take care of kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. They do not care if you're hungover. Yeah, and that's how you know it's a good rub. If you're a two four deep and you wake up the next morning, I'd still eat that. That's great stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, are you both full time with Reload now? Are you still working steel, Joel? I'm still working steel. You know, Stacy's full time in the business, but the the, I'm a partner in a family business, and it's me, my brother, my father, and that's something that is you know that's true to my heart. Something that I helped build, and I'm I'm still involved with that. Reload is, is as successful as it is. Stacy is holding it down hard, and, but it's you know, tough. If it ever, <laughs> and at some at some point, if it does get to where you know Reload has to have me, then that's where my heart's at, and that's that's where I'll be. But right now, we're she's kicking butt, and taking names. She is. She didn't waste any time getting back to me on my request. I had a sample pack on my doorstep within a week. I used some of the premium blend on a burger this morning or this evening. It was fantastic. So mm. I'll tell you, dude, she's, she's a freaking boss. She I, is. And that's one of I'll her stop. things she prides herself on <laughs> is speed and customer service. Tell me more. But no, that's, that's one thing that she's always, since day one, bro, it's been about how can I make our customers feel like we care about them the way or show them or show our customers that we that care about our them. Friends. Yeah. The way that we do. Yeah, that's a good way to do it because especially now in this social media world, everyone's seeing you all the time. You're, yeah. There's no hiding away in an office and ignoring emails because they can message you 18 different ways if something's gone wrong. <laughs> and then they yeah. tell everybody and it explodes from there and you're canceled and that's it. Right? What's funny, bro, is that, you know, especially when, especially when we first started, everyone would message her and they'd be like, what's up, bro? Hey, man, you know, what's going on, dude? You yeah, know? brother. And then she and she was like, she go, sup, homie. You know, yeah. <laughs> she just like roll with yeah, it. Yeah, man. <laughs> just take the full step of explaining that you are not Joel out of the way, and just <laughs> yeah. get on with the sale. <laughs> We're there now. Yeah, that's awesome. So you created this spice blend in your kitchen. How did you go? I mean, I guess it's different in every state and every province for the Canadian listeners, but how did you go from mixing a bunch of spices up in your kitchen to packaging it and legally selling it? What was the process like for you there? Because I feel there's a lot of people that think, hey, I can I can throw some blends together, something I use all the time, and I can just start selling it. But it's a very long process to get that up yeah, and running, I think. It was a good five or six months before we could actually have product in our hand of working with it. So we were lucky enough to be involved, like like he had said, with um, the owner of what used to be Jerky Gold Marinade. He kind of walked us through it. So, you know, first step is creating an LLC or creating your business. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes things with that. You take your recipe, you've got to find a co-packer. 
some co-packers do sauces, dips. That some of them do sick. dry seasonings. Yeah, but that was eye-opening. Yeah. The co-packer. Yeah. You know, all of those have minimum weights. So you might have to start out. You're not a business yet. You have don't even have a clientele. And, you know, you got to start out with six or 800 bottles and you're wow. thinking, well, you know, I can get all of this, but am I going to be sitting on it? Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. and, and that's if you can find a co-packer that will do that amount for you. Yeah. Some of them are, mm-hmm. yeah, order yeah. 2000 pounds of one flavor from me and it's it seasonings. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, you've got to create uh, the label design. You've got to create the name. You've got to create uh, the descriptions on the bottle. Um, once you do find a co-packer, you've got to go through nutrition testing, uh, fill weight testing, um, stuff like that. So website, website, security ticket. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. We have to have liability insurance because it's an edible product, um, mm-hmm. you know, annual filing fees and state state fees. And, you know, there's a lot of behind the scene costs for it. Um, but I don't regret it at all. You know, it's been something that we really enjoy and, and, and it's very fulfilling for us. The, the beginning years, like if you're going to start a small business off of, you know, anything, those first one or two years are the hardest. That's when you, you've got to get your grinding pants on. That sounded sexual, but anyways, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get ready to grind really hard. And, mm-hmm. and, and go after it as hard as you can and not take any breaks because those are the, those are the most crucial times that you are going to gain your clientele. And just with anything else, you know, quantity makes it a lot cheaper. So you're starting out and you want to print out labels. The more you, the more labels you print, the cheaper it is. So, you know, if you don't want to start out on a large scale number, your profit is really very low because, um, seasonings aren't cheap. Uh, depend, oh, no. depending on what ingredients that you decide to choose to put in your blends, um, you know, the, the cost can get up there really quick. Yeah. And, 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 and two, on another note, if you're trying to, to go down this road, especially in the seasoning game, one of the first things, and it's, it's tough, especially if you're nervous, you're talking to this, this co-packer and they're telling you, you need to take this out of your blend. You need to, we need to sub- substitute it with this. Well, they'll, get, they'll give you a gonna, price. Well, they will, yeah. but, but it's going to, this is going to save you money. And you're, and if you only see the dollar signs in your, in your, in your brain, that's when your product isn't going to be the same product, mm-hmm. you know? So when we were shopping different co-packers and going through all the logistics of that, cause you know, there, there was co-packers, the co-packer we use has, it has to freight us our orders. We don't um, have an, an, they're not close enough to make it feasible where we can go pick it up. So, they, but there right. were some around us that could. But we wanted the best of the best. We wanted our own homemade recipes, ones that we were proud of, ones that we actually created ourselves. That's it. They would kind of tell. They would tell us like decrease this ingredient by twenty five percent, and that would help your costs. Or, or you know, take this one out, maybe put this in. And we were very hell we were, no. Yeah, we were very <laughs> stuck on. We wanted sea salt or kosher salt. Um, we wanted these certain percentages of certain ingredients that we used, even like our ballistic blend, um, for instance, it's an everything bagel blend, but we've kicked it up a notch. We've got an added ingredient and we messed with the ratios a little bit. Toasted black sesame seeds are more expensive and we mm-hmm. upped the ingredient. We upped the percentage on there just cause they're freaking delicious. I mean, you throw that on a bagel or avocado toast or your eggs or a steak or mm-hmm. ahi tuna and it's amazing and the reason it's elevated way more than the one you're going to buy off the shelf is because we didn't skimp on mm-hmm. the amounts of each ingredient that we put in the bottles but what's wild bro is you create this blend in your kitchen and you think this is awesome 
and then you send it to a co-packer whose ingredients are fresher and better than the stuff you're getting off the shelves and you get it back and it's a flavor bomb explodes in your mouth like fully loaded is um our our initial blend fully loaded the we had parsley flakes in it well you go buy parsley flakes out of a a, a bottle on the shelf they're flavorless they're just yeah, they may have been sitting on the shelf for a year they're just mm-hmm. texture and color when you get it from the grocery store unless you go get fresh parsley and we got this back and it tasted like dirt earthy it was was earthy and she was she's like oh no what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and we talked it out and we talked it out with our co-packer and we took that one ingredient out and there it was it was that it's exactly what we wanted and and you have to do that sometimes you create a recipe you send it and you got to have a little back and forth with them with samples to get it right because what they're putting in is going to be more intense and more flavorful than what you're getting at home yeah, I was going to be my next question was when how have you had to adjust your recipes from going from your your own kitchen pantry to these fresh bulk ingredients that co-packers are using and that's a perfect example you already had to take an ingredient completely out because the freshness of it just didn't work on the palate of that blend. So that's super interesting to know. Yeah, and with Pack and Heat, which is our spicy blend, you know, we wanted to target people that actually loved spicy. You either love spicy stuff or you don't. <laughs> Yeah. We don't care about anybody that doesn't like spicy. They say, oh, it's too hot. We wanted to make sure it was hot. And every time we would get our samples back and we would cook it, a lot of the heat would come out. We'd send it back. We'd have to increase, you know, habanero and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, she maced yeah. our child. I did. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> we, so, got a, we got a sample back in. And my son, my son is at the age where he knows what reload is. And he walks up and she's like, yeah, we got a brand new flavor. You know, let's smell it. You want to smell it? Well, a child, uh, I can't remember what his age was, but was he four? Uh, Anyways, instead of sniffing in like a little, ah, he blew out and shot two types of habanero and cayenne oh, and, and all, that, all this jazz right in his eyeballs. So, I did eyeballs. There's trial and error. There's, tri- <laughs> there's trial and error whenever you've like got a business. And trauma. Like daddy. <laughs> and trauma. He's, he's alive and well. And he's he eyes just can't see anything, but he's alive. He's, he thinks so he's well. We knew, we knew from his cries that it passed the test. Yes. When, and from his screams, we knew that was the one. No, he's fine. Four-year-old approved. <laughs> so with something like starting a spice company, it costs a lot to make the blends everything else that goes into it, the margins are quite small. Once you get the packaging and the shipping and the website and the socials and the marketing, how do you go about psyching yourself up in a way that you're kind of diving all in on selling something that doesn't have, I don't, I don't know your margins, but I assume they're not massive margins and you're selling, you know, a shaker of seasoning for $10 when you're putting tens of thousands of dollars into creating it, hoping it sells. What is the mindset like to deal with that? Because a lot of people start these online businesses where if they don't sell anything, they're at least not spending much, right? But if you're selling a physical product, you have to have the product before you can Mm -hmm. sell it. Can you kind of talk me through like what that is like and what kind of mental gymnastics you have to do for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, so it's anytime that you have a small business and you're thinking of, I'm going to create a new product or even if you're just starting that business in general, you know, I got to have that upfront money. That's a scary thing. You hear all the time, people, you, we put our entire life savings into this business. Well, that's because they did. You know, they, they, they had to put a bunch of money up there for uh, a hope and a prayer that it would stick. And so 
for me, for me, it's I'm in the mindset of everything's going to be okay. You know, but no, it'll be fine. No, I mean, because at the end okay. of the day, this is no, this is my yeah, no, this is my mind. This is my mindset. Is as long as my children have clothes on their back, a bed to sleep in, and food in their bellies, we'll make adjustments and we'll make it happen. And I think people fail a lot of times in small businesses because they are they're so concerned of if I'm not making money right now, if I'm not making ex- if I'm not making fifty, sixty grand in my first year that I'm a failure. And we went so many years and still are a little bit to this day of you got to put the money back in the business. Mm -hmm. You got to water the plant in order to get it to grow. And that's my word of advice is, you know, I wouldn't recommend going into it if you are wanting to start a company right off the bat for income. You know, fortunately for our situation, we didn't create the business as, you know, was going to put food on the table. It was going to put clothes on our backs. We had that worked out. Mm -hmm. This was um, a venture that we were going to go on. We knew ahead of time that everything that we were going to make was going to go right back into it to expand. And in the course of four years, I mean, it's expanded so much between the amount of flavors, the amount of sizes, apparel, um, all of that. Our inventory has just absolutely exploded. But it wouldn't have gotten to that point we wouldn't have been able to create new flavors, new labels, new designs and stuff like that if we hadn't have taken the profit from the beginnings and mm-hmm. reinvested it into that. Had we said from day one, okay, we've got to have these profits to pay the bills, we wouldn't be where we're at. Yeah, and- At know, least for us personally. Yeah, and, and we're fortunate that, you know, we started the this company with our own hard money and to this day, we don't have any investors into our company. Um, and some people, that's a route you, you can have to go. If you're, if you are saying I'm starting this company and it's going to be my income. You, and you can do that route well, to with investors. Ex- well, that's what I'm saying to an extent yeah. you need, you need a backer. You need somebody that's yeah. going to get you moving because that influx of cash right off the bat can really jumpstart things for yeah. you between ads, yeah. getting the product you know, mm-hmm. right off the bat. Like I said, we started with one flavor, bro. And we've kind of done the snowball effect. Yeah, like little by yeah, little, yeah. we're packing it on, you know, <laughs> that's the way to do it. I think I, that's, I think a lot, a big mistake a lot of people would do too, is come at, come at you with five rubs right off the hop. And now your startup expenses are five times as much where, you know, you do one or two rubs, you can at least test the market and see if there's even a space for you, because if there's not a space yeah. for you and you've got five rubs, you're in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, a, a proof of concept is definitely one hundred percent good to start out with. But if you if you hit it, that's the risk reward factor there. If you yeah. you hit it with those five rubs, then you're off to the races. Yeah, and hopefully you have a backer because by the time you get all the money back, it might be a little <laughs> bit, might be a little while before you see the reinvestment there. That that's the truth, very much so. So let's. I want to take a little pivot from the business side of it and. Am I correct in saying that a large part, I mean, you, I guess you attested to it earlier in our conversation, but a large part of the success of Reload has been social media and social media influencers, right? A thousand percent. How, you know, like if, if, you, if you started a business in 2005 versus 2015, it was wildly different. You could basically only sell things locally, have a brick and mortar or get into stores. And now... Like, do you guys have store your own storefront or are you just right out of your own home? So we do not have a storefront. We are in various stores throughout mm-hmm. the country, even and we're in one in Canada currently, but we don't have our own personally. We ship out um, from somewhere else. We've got um, 
a place where we keep our inventory that, and we have people that ship, but had it not been for social media, I, I don't even know if we would even attack this personally because it's just made it so easy to get your brand out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's various methods of doing it. And I think it's just made it a lot easier for businesses versus having to like do a commercial or a billboard or, you know, something like that. It's, yeah. Social media is awesome. You have the opportunity to get your brand, your products in front of millions of people, depending on what route you decide to take. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, we're big on relationships. You know, we, we want to develop relationships with our customers. Um, we do it with our squad. We have a, a, a like an ambassador group. We call it the reload squad. And those people are like family to us. Yes. And, we, we help them every way we can, and they do the same for us. But, you know, to to be able to send your product to somebody and then their people watch them cook with it, then they buy. And it's that, combi- that, 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 that combining effect of their people watches it, watch it, and then their people watch it, and they watch it. And, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do that, I feel that, you know, you have to be in in this kind of a business, especially social media. You have to be willing to sacrifice product as advertisement. You know, to yeah. say, yeah, people get hung up on, well, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you five rubs, and you owe me this many posts. And it's like, bro, you just better hope they use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And we were lucky with Joel already having, you know, a YouTube channel and a social media. Um, it wasn't huge. It was like eleven thousand followers at the time, but. He had already built up credibility with them, with his cooking mm-hmm. recipes and being on the show and stuff and just being a bro, like just being friendly and, and having friends like that. So that credibility was there. So once we put the product out, a lot of people trusted it. Um, but there's realms or other uh, areas such as barbecue community or, you know, maybe fishing community or tactical or something like that, fitness community, where we did not have that reputation built up. We did not have that credibility yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you've got, when you have a plethora of people that are willing to stand by your product and say, you know, I love your stuff, their followers and their friends have built that credibility up and they go, oh, you know what? I trust them. If they like it, I'm going to get it too. And that really, really helps out a lot as a business. Mm-hmm. I do that today. <laughs> I buy stuff from people that I watch all the time. Yeah. I did today. I bought some jerky that I saw on uh, a different podcast. Oh, and it was good, yeah. man. Very I bought some jerky really from good. Him. That's the influence of social media is just, it's so big now. And it's now it's getting to the point that it's a little ridiculous. Like everybody, Mm -hmm. to an extent, everybody's kind of pushing something all at the same time. But, you know, our our brains are smart enough to be able to tune tune out like direct ads. But the way you get people to use your rubs authentically is what really helps stand out. You know, they're they're using it because they like it. They're not holding it like this, being like, today I'm going to make a burger with reload fully loaded. Yeah. They're (laughs) They're not using it because we're like sending them monies and tons of money or stuff like that. Like they're Mm -hmm. using it because they like it. You know, they want to cook with it. And as a consumer myself... I think it's powerful. It's it's made my life better seeing people use products that I may never have heard of. Well, what's humbling is the backdoor conversations you get when there are people out there that are paid by other companies to to use their product and they'll come and we're and people we're friends with and they'll come and be like, Man, it's not as good as yours. And they don't have to tell me that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, it's humbling to me to see people and even people that are getting paid by companies to make posts incorporating our stuff into their post mm-hmm. without even, you know, receiving a dollar from us. 
you know, and that to me, that that's proof of the product in there. And that's why I'm so glad that in the beginning of this, I know I'm jumping around, but in the very beginning of this venture, we did not sacrifice our integrity with our craft yeah. just to save, to save some pennies. You know, if, if, if the bottle has to cost $13, it's going to cost $13 because I want what's in that bottle to be on your food. I mean, we do that with fine bourbons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You pay for what you get, right? It's yeah. true. And honestly, if you actually break down our bottle cost, um, our regular size bottles are nine ninety nine. Uh, our larger ones, there's a lot more savings because there's more rubs in it, but it's just one bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you break it down, the cost per ounce, mm-hmm. and you see some of these other brands that that are out there that might be um, only five ninety nine a bottle or six ninety nine a bottle, but the bottle so now, looks the so, same size, hey, but it's half yeah. the weight. So now we're getting into <laughs> seasoning debunking right here. Seasoning like uh, myths. Yeah, do the cost per ounce, and we're cheaper. Because I do it with beer, man. I'll yeah. go to the grocery store and I'm looking at beer. I'm like, okay, well, this one's on sale and this one's on sale. But this one, I'm getting a better price per ounce. So I'm getting more <laughs> beer for my money. You know, it's, but the same thing with seasoning. You look at the ounces in that bottle and look at the cost per ounce and equate that to what you're getting. Cause there's so many out there that the bottles are, are, are contort or made. They might be as tall, but they're thinner. Made certain mm-hmm. ways. So yeah. that, they look like they're the same amount, but they're not, you know, and I'll tell you, um, oh man. Another myth that I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's escaped me. Well, one that I love is that, oh, here it is. I remember now. All right. So check it out. I got this bottle right here in my hand. <laughs> He's ready. And it's, it's ready for you. So they're everywhere. When you pick up a bottle of seasoning, when you go and you're at the store and you're perusing around and you're looking and you're trying to decide, do I want this one or do I want that one? When you turn that bottle over on the back, there's going to be a list of ingredients, and it'll say all these ingredients and then it'll have like secret recipe or whatever at the bottom. The first ingredient on that label is the most prevalent ingredient in that bottle. So if it says sodium or salt, that's the or most sugar. Most of them are sugar. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the most stuff in there. Uh, same thing with sugar and all that, all that, all that stuff. So when you look at that, take, turn it over and take a look at it. I'm looking at my high caliber blend right now. And it says chili pepper and dehydrated garlic. That's the first two you see on there. And mustard and so, dehydrated onion. <laughs> She's going down the you list. Didn't, you didn't read it all. I'm just kidding. But, but that's what I'm getting at is, is you can get some seasonings and all you're getting is filler. You're yeah. getting a bunch of filler and it's, you're not getting the flavor and the things that you deserve to be putting on your food. When you buy like our blends, for instance, a little goes a long way versus other seasoning companies and I'm not trying to hate on them. I just want to educate. This is part of us giving back to our consumer. I want to educate people on when when you're shopping for the for seasonings, you know, look at these factors and factor that into how you you're buying. And another thing too is with our all of our blends, the anti-caking agents we use are rice hulls as opposed to silicone dioxide that other ones use. So we try to keep everything as natural as possible. And I believe that's part of our success. And why people keep coming back is because we didn't skimp in those areas. And we said, hell or high water, our recipe that came out of our kitchen is going in those bottles. And I think if you decide to have your own company, you know, from this, if you decide to put out your own product, whether it's seasonings or whatnot, you know, talk about those things as to why you are the prices that you are or why you take pride in your product. Stand Mm -hmm. behind those and, and talk about those differences. I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody creating a blend that way. I don't. 
If you wanna if you wanna just say, I wanna be in the seasoning biz and you wanna call a co-packer and say, give me a barbecue blend, give me a steak blend, you wanna say those things and do that, you know, more power to you. Get after it and yeah. work hard doing it. You know, that's just that's just how we run our 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 business. And anybody that is thinking about, well, I can't be successful that way, well, you can look at us and yes, you can. Yeah. So you guys utilize ambassadorship programs and stuff. You've got your family there. What a lot of listeners here want to like one of the first steps in making any sort of money on the side of, you know, taking pictures, whether it's in food or barbecue and hunting is ambassadorship deals. Mm -hmm. So they're probably listening to this podcast, trying to figure out what they need to do. What are you guys looking for in a team member to represent you? So I would like to think that we're a little bit different when it comes to who we're choosing to be on our team. For one, I absolutely, it just puts a grin on my face when you were either a previous customer or you've actually bought a bottle yourself. You invested your own self into it. You could buy one bottle and you like it and you pitch, you know, a good relationship. I'm all for it. Second, another thing that I look for, I'm not looking for millions of followers. We're looking at engagement. We're looking at that mm -hmm. engagement engagement percent. Yes, um, we have coupon codes that we've given out in the past to some of our ambassadors. And I will tell you, the ones that are used the most are the ones with the least amount of followers. It just seems like they have a more organic following. So that means a lot. You know, looking at the comments, looking at your engagement, looking at what you're putting yourself out there, and also not being a butthead. Like, Jeez. we're not going to affiliate ourselves with anybody that's going to be just a giant doucher. So that's super important to us no, as well. No douche lords. No douche lords. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, engagement and just, you know, putting yourself. Well, there's got to be quality there too. You're not just looking for free stuff. Like you really believe mm -hmm. in the product and a lot of our squad members, I mean, I'd say all of them, but a lot of them have become like our best friends. We've had them visit us. We've had Cheeky Barbecue, he was on your show. Yes. He's one of them. I was listening uh, to that episode down. earlier too. Yeah, him and his wife <laughs> flew down here for their like honeymoon and stayed with us. And we just had a great weekend with them. Um, and they've just become such close friends. And it's just, it's been a very beautiful thing, even if you separate that from the business aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and outside of that too, you know, we look for quality though. You know, at, at the same time, you know, as you can have great engagement, but you know, we want to see a good quality product on your, your pictures, your videos, and we want to see a, you know, a general product. I don't want somebody out there that's being, like she said, you know, uh, a, a douche Lord or something. <laughs> I want somebody that's going to have some, you know, a little bit of respect, you know, that they're repping our product. And that actually brings up a different, a pivoting as to what we look for. One thing that's super important for me is recipe creation, you oh, know, yeah. help, helping yeah. us fluff up our recipe section on our website, content creation. So, um, you know, you could have 50,000 followers and you're putting out all these videos with millions of views or whatever, but if it's not something that we can actually use or want to promote, it's not of any value whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So honestly, it's just putting out recipes that you, um, and cooking that people can really take value from. And like relate, we relate want to, to enhance our customers, their lives. So whether it's teaching them how to cook, teaching them how to skin a deer, teaching them how to, you know, load a firearm, um, mm -hmm. how to cook a brisket, uh, how to light your charcoal, you know, anything yeah. like that. Like those are all valuable things to teach people, especially ones that are entering into the community as newbies. And that's one of the more important things with ambassadorships that I think a lot of newer people to this 
don't really think about is they're thinking, if I just share your product, people will buy it and I'm helping. But you want to provide value for the company that you're representing, because if you're providing value for that company, in turn, you're providing more value for yourself and your own brand. And you're just going to further establish yourself as a trusted person in the community, which Mm -hmm. the hunting community and the barbecue communities are all built on being trusted people. If there's someone who's being a douche lord, they get exiled almost immediately, right? Like there's no yep. room for that. And if you're going to try and just ask for free stuff to do whatever, you're not going to make it very far at all. You're going to get maybe one package of free things and that's it. That's it. You know, dude, so Stacy has a really good eye for someone that's like a talented person. And we've had several people that we've worked with currently and in the past that she has picked up on when they had no following. And she said, this person is going to be special. Mm-hmm. And you know, and she, and we would invest in that person and we would, and we would pour into that person and, and they would do the same for us because we were doing it for them and they've grown and become great, you know, great, uh, social media influencers or have their own businesses. But the key is, is that relationship we developed wasn't a one-sided relationship where it's, mm-hmm. you gotta, you, we're the company, you do the work. We were there for them as much as they were there for us. And that developed, that relationship stayed and so because of that, they continue to support us even to this day. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that is something that a lot of companies and a lot of new companies miss is developing relationships with people. Yeah. And I think you just need to be transparent too, as to, you know, yeah, be what honest. your goals are and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And have goals, I think is a big part of it. There's mm-hmm. people who just don't have goals. They're here to have fun and gain followers and get free stuff, but those aren't mm-hmm. goals. They've just seen people they follow get free things and like, that could be pretty neat. Yeah. And I mean, and there's big bucks to be made with social media. I mean, mm-hmm. with influencers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's big bucks to be made. And yeah, you know, I was talking to ads and- Uncle Hemi barbecue the other day and he's just like, yeah, some seven year old kid made a million dollars opening toys from the mail on YouTube. I was like, what, the f- yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Man. Like, how am I-, I can't compete with that. Come on. <laughs> it's, I mean, I tell you, man, it's some people hit a niche and they just can just roll with it. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people go on The Bachelorette and The Bachelor yeah. and stuff like that, because afterwards they get an Instagram following and then all of a sudden like vitamin gummies and vodka, gin, <laughs> gin brands want to, you know. Yeah. I can't stand that show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my partner <laughs> watches it, it every years. week and she's like, oh, this happened and there's drama. I was like, you think come like you <laughs> 23 girls in a room. Of course, there's going to be drama or 23 yeah. dudes. They're like, these guys are being douchey. Like, yeah. There's 20 of them. Like, There's come on. a bunch of alpha yeah. males. And if I throw a bottle of Reload in their hands, I mean, <laughs> nobody's on there to watch, to see what they're cooking with. They're on yeah. there to look at them. I know. Yeah. So the, the marketing ploy you need now is to get Joel on the next Bachelor. Yes. And oh, he no. just, no. he's, he's gone. He, you're gone. Episode one. It's fine. But you're going <laughs> to cook up a great wild game meal full of Reload rubs. You're right. That's it. I promise I won't lock lips, honey. Okay. You'll actually right. probably make it to episode two if you're cooking like that, though. So there's a bit of <laughs> catch twenty two. You know what? <laughs> that, that, that's not what happened. And they're like, he has a he has a wife, and then they, that's how it backfire on me right there. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. bad idea. <laughs> Reload rub is a bunch of adulterers. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're running a low on time here. I want to respect your Thursday evening, but quickly, I wanted to ask you about. Your podcast. You have That Reload podcast. Episodes pretty well every week. You're either talking recipes. It's the Kitchen White Law that's on there with you. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the podcast and everything you want to tell me about it. 
It's a great show, man. And it's it's a show that's based around all things food, outdoors, and just bourbon. R- bourbon. And then just random anything else that's going on in this world. But more than that, it's just, it is food, outdoors, and bourbon. And we like to have fun with it. You know, it's not, we try to do some crazy things on there. We have little games we play with people, um, little segments that each one of us will host from time to time. Uh, with the bourbon aspect of it, we do called Porn on the Podcast, where we have our the porn director at the time. And that's P-O-R apostrophe N, if anybody's, that's the country version of pouring. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll do like blind pours. And it's, it's, it's been so much fun expounding our, our bourbon knowledge by doing just that, by comparing expensive pours to not expensive pours and seeing which ones will actually, uh, you know, win in the blind tasting. But it's, it's, it's fun. We love it. We love in, involving guests and ambassadors and call-ins and all that. It's, we have a, a lot of fun with it. It's lighthearted. And, and I uh, suggest everyone subscribe. What, uh, you know, everyone wants to start a podcast at some point in their life these days. But what actually pushed you to get the gear to do it and start doing it correctly? Joel says, well, he points Me. at himself emphatically. Okay, so he she, she didn't want to do it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it, but I've got to say, you know, we started out, uh, Joel's always been really great in front of the microphone and, you know, it's a platform where we can share, um, a lot of ideas, a lot of recipes, a lot of fun things, um, talk about our opinions and what's going on in life. But about episode 16 or 17, um, Jeremy, the kitchen white law joined and barbecue Matt Farr, Um, and they joined our podcast as well. And that totally elevated the sound quality of the equipment we got, uh, the content, we put so much more time and effort into the content that elevated the game. And Matt mm-hmm. in particular Produce, said, producer Matt put out an episode every week. Consistency is everything. And we stuck mm-hmm. to that. We actually are in the middle of a slight sabbatical because we are reframing some things around, yeah. um, with that, we'll be coming back very, very soon. Um, but it's, that's everything. That's where the elevation came well, from. Well, And I think too, is having a format. Mm-hmm. I think that's not flying by the seat of your pants every single time. Um, having a format, having an outline, knowing what you're going to talk about, and being yourself. There's so much to be said about being true to yourself and not trying to be a show or a person that you're not. Um, because yeah. you get you'll get burnout so quick. Just and in, in, be yourself and enjoy what you do. And drink lots of alcohol because that's mm-hmm. when the creativity <laughs> starts to flow. Bro, we've had some we've had some drag out podcasts. <laughs> I did scroll down. And I saw a few that were over two hours. I was like, holy, that one's yeah. a long yeah. one. Yeah. It's funny you say that's that you need said. an outline. because Hey, okay. I like it. It's funny you should say that you need an outline because the one episode I clicked on today, you said, I don't have an outline, so I'm flying by the seat of my pants today. So I, just, I thought that was well-timed that you uh, brought that up. But yeah. uh, Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs> so one last question here. In terms of the podcast, like, have you noticed any returns from the podcast to sales with reload rub because i know podcasts are an incredible way to just build loyalty with fans find new audience members or potential customers in that and then this is a way that you're just talking to them each week in an intimate setting instead of you know through instagram and stuff like that so you're building more trust with your yeah um, with your customer base have you guys noticed an uptick since the show's really gain some traction from that? Oh yeah, because you know, 116 episodes in, people really get to know us. They know our kids' names. That's they the they key. know they know our relationship and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so they they want to invest in us. They want to invest in that. Um, secondly, 
we've had several people that have came on the podcast who we've formed friendships with who in return has said, Hey, Hey, you know, I've got a store that, you know, listened or a buddy that I'm friends with. That's a store and wants to get your stuff in there. So there's been times where it's opened up our audience to people that said, Hey, you know, I'd never seen your brand before. I like it. Um, you know, let, let's get you on board with, you know, yada, yada store or this website or, you know, well, such as I that. think too, more than anything, it, it gives your customer base an opportunity to know you on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Like they really get to know who you are. And if they jive with that, they're going to keep supporting you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast is because it was constantly putting me and Stacy in people's ears. You know, for us to, to, to hear our food knowledge, to hear our personalities and the things that are going on in our lives, it gives them a sneak peek into us um, on a weekly basis. And it gives us a platform. Like for instance, we, um, a portion of all of our sales, website, retail, wholesale, Everything. whatever, are donated to Hungry Heroes, which is Amanda Riggin out of South Carolina. She has a nonprofit organization, Hungry Heroes, where they feed um, first, responders. first responders, EMS, firefighters, police officers, military. military, and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of people might not look at our bottle and see that tiny little snippet that's on there. Mm-hmm. But when we're on the podcast and we can talk about that or connect with, with her, uh, Riggin, and have her on the podcast, it allows, you know, it's just another avenue for people to learn about those things. Yeah, that's great. And podcast is in a season right now where, you know, it's kind of what YouTube was in 2007 right now. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just getting started. Like, there's millions of them, but it's just getting started. And it's so, it's so fun to see more people in the barbecue and the hunting space kind of utilizing it as a way to grow themselves and their brands and kind of make themselves more successful by just like down to brass tacks. You're just building trust with other people by doing it. And that's going to help them believe in you more and be more loyal to your brand and your products. And it's, it's a great marketing way to do that. Absolutely. Definitely this day. I'm age. glad that I thought of it. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> you were right. Way to go, Joel. <laughs> you were hey, right. Whoa. It's on recording. Whoa. Gee, I am, that's staying with me forever. I want you to send me that, buddy. You were right. That's the yeah. title right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel and Stacy, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your evening to talk to me. This has been a lot of fun and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having us on. Oh, dude, this has been great. Yeah. Be- best hour I've had in a while. Yeah, your show's awesome. Oh, thank you so much for that. I I really appreciate that. That's really nice yeah, to it's, hear. It's a t- totally different angle, and it's super interesting and super valuable. What each person brings on the show is super valuable to anyone that's listening. Definitely. So for anyone that wants to find you guys, where would you like to send them? Tell them, Stace. Um, so our website is <laughs> www.reloadrub.com. Uh, you can order on there. We're at various uh, stores around the country as well. Um, not as many as we would like to be, but uh, if you have a store that you want to see us in, you know, give us, us a know. shout. Uh, Instagram, our handle is at Reload Rub, mm-hmm. and we're at Reload Rub on Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, and then if you want to find uh, our podcast at That Reload Podcast, then you can find me and my handsome mug at That Reload Life. Uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, and that's it for me. And I'm that reload wife. So you can see, <laughs> you can see how it all ties together. But that's where you can find us. And you know, at Reload Rub on Instagram, shoot us a message anytime. You're gonna get me. Uh, any questions you've got, anything that you need, just holler. That's it, man. We we like to answer questions. We like to connect. So don't be shy. There's no dumb questions. Let us know. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Thank you, buddy. 
All right, that's it for my chat with Joel and Stacy of Reload Rubs and for this episode of Influential Barbecue. Be sure to go follow Reload Rubs and make sure you subscribe and listen to that Reload podcast. They have great conversations on that show. Always tasting new whiskeys, talking new recipes, and just talking shop all the time. It's a great listen. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to this episode of Influential Barbecue. You can find everything we talked about today on the show notes page at influentialbarbecue.com. If you or your business is looking to start a podcast, let me know. I recently started the podcabin.com in order to help businesses launch their own podcasts. They've been thinking about it forever, but they just don't know how to get it started. I take that load off your shoulders. So let me help you go from nothing to a fully launched podcast with minimal extra work on your plate. I'll take care of all that for you and you'll be off to the races. I'm Jordan Moore. You can follow my barbecue adventures on Instagram at the Backyard Brisket. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Keep on grilling.